Hi, and welcome to the Northridge Vineyard Evening Community Podcast. We're a church community in Sydney, Australia, who are passionate about pursuing God together and seeing the world changed by His love. We hope this message challenges and inspires you. For more talks and other resources, please visit our website, www.northridge.org.au. Kia ora ite whānau Northridge, uh, ko Dan Toko Ingoa, uh, ke te noho o ki Tāmaki Makaurau, uh, ke Central Vineyard Aho i mahi ana. Um, hello Northridge family, uh, my name is Dan, uh, I live in Auckland, in Aotearoa, New Zealand, and uh, I lead Central Vineyard, uh, which is a church here in Auckland, and we're seeking to pursue Jesus and to play our part in what God is doing here right now as we serve the city to life. In the ways of the kingdom. Uh, it is so good to be joining with you today in this way. Um, I'm, so, I'm so grateful um, to be sharing with you uh, in the way that we can, which is in this way now. Um, and I just send love, grace, and peace to you. Um, we know that you guys are a couple of weeks now into navigating um, more lockdowns. Uh, interestingly, we've been watching that because our kids' pastor and her husband actually came over to Sydney to visit her brother a few weeks ago. It was only meant to be a short trip, and they've yeah they've got locked in with you guys. So um, they're one of those Kiwis desperately trying to get back to New Zealand at the moment, um, but um, are struggling to get their flights and all that sort of stuff. So be watching this space with interest, not just because you're our brothers and sisters across the ditch, but because um, yeah one of our own is with you in this lockdown. So. Grace and peace to you today. Um, hey, we've been following a little bit of your journey uh, in this series. And when Chris invited me to speak into it, I've just been, my ears pricked up a little bit as I um, heard what you guys were looking into. Love this conversation that you guys are having. And it's my privilege today to be adding to that conversation by uh, teaching a little bit into Sabbath. Um, Sabbath is really personal for me and I'm going to share a bit of my story because we don't know each other so well. So I'm going to tell a bit of my story uh, around this whole practice of Sabbath. I'm going to teach into it a little bit at the end. Um, But let's start by a couple of readings of scripture. So however you can, whether uh, you want to open it in your Bible or turn on your device and, and fire up your Bible app. We're going to be reading two readings, okay? Exodus 20 verses 8 to 11. And then we're going to be reading Mark chapter 2. 23 to 28. So we're going to start with Exodus, Exodus 28 to 11. Uh, in our church, we stand for the reading of scripture. So I know you might be just sitting at home. That might be a bit weird. But if you want to join me, stand to show God with the posture of your body that this is important and that you're listening um, and that you're valuing this. So Exodus 20 verses 8 to 11. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and your daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens, the Lord made the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day, he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and he set it apart as holy. Let's go to Mark, Mark chapter 2, 23 to 38. Let's look at the life of Jesus for a moment. One Sabbath day, so interestingly, that Sabbath day that the Lord has just spoken of in, um, in Exodus, in the living of that Sabbath day, 
As Jesus was walking through some grain fields, his disciples began breaking off heads of grain to eat. But the Pharisees said to Jesus, Look, why are they breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath? Jesus said to them, Haven't you ever read in the scriptures what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He went into the house of God during the days when Abathar was the high priest, and he broke the law by eating the sacred loaves of bread that only the priests are allowed to eat. He also gave some of uh, some to his companions. And then Jesus said to them, The Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people, and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. And so the Son of Man is Lord, even over the Sabbath. I just want to start before we teach into this a little bit by sharing a bit of my story. The year is uh, 2015, so six years ago, and we are in our first year of planting our church, Central Vineyard. It's been a hard year, a big year, a long year. Um, We left uh, 10 years of being on staff full-time at a church to plant our church, and we went by vacation, and I was doing anything I could for that year to put food on the table and to pay our mortgage. Meanwhile, we're planting a church with just absolutely furiously just trying to get momentum going, meeting people, getting community built. Um, It was a huge year. And also, in that year, we had spent our first year with our puppy. And so our little dog has grown up and he's one year old. And at the end of the year, I'm doing what I've been doing every morning, nearly every morning for that year. There's Near our house, there's this little uh, walkway. It's about a five-minute walk through the bush, through beautiful trees and, and sort of a couple of, it's like a little valley walk. And it takes you down to the water at the, um, at the beach where my dog can have a swim. Now, our dog is parched. He's, he's a, border, a border collie and a Springer Spaniel cross. So he's, he's part working sheep dog and he's part just hyperactive crazy dog. And so he needs a lot of exercise for this first year. And so I spent a lot of time walking him down through this pathway, through this little valley, down to the beach, letting him have a swim, throwing some pine cones, walking back. And I do this other thing where as I'm walking back, I'd, I'd send him up into the trees, up and amongst this this sort of um, this hill, and I'd just stand there and say left, click to my left, and he'd run across through the trees to the left. And I'd say right, run across to the right, and he'd just zigzag his way around, just like barking and running and, and just getting some energy up. Now, I'm standing there watching my dog do this, and I hear the sound of some people approaching, and they start walking behind me, and I turn in to say, morning, and it's this mother and her son, and they're walking past, and I hear this conversation, I eavesdrop on this conversation as they walk past me, and as they walk behind me, and I'm watching my dog, the son says to the mum, now, it's it's the end of the year, remember, so it's Christmas time is coming up, and the son says to the mother, mum, When we go to the caravan this year for summer holidays, can I take the Xbox with me this time? And the mum says to the son, and they start to sort of get out of earshot at this point, no, no, you can't take the Xbox with you. You spent all year with the Xbox. And I can hear them kind of disappearing as this mum starts to tell the son, there's no way you're taking the Xbox. We're going to this place of rest as a family. Leave the Xbox behind. You don't need to bring it with you. You have it all the time. And then I can kind of just hear them, oh, no, you know, as they disappear out of earshot. And I'm standing there watching my dog, hearing this conversation disappear. And I sense the Lord say to me, Dan, you do that all the time. I have made a space for you to enter rest 
and you keep bringing along your stuff. Now, I've been a Christian long enough. I've been following God long enough. I've been doing the way of Jesus long enough to know exactly what the Lord was saying in my heart that day. He was saying, I have made Sabbath for you, yet you keep bringing stuff with you and you're not showing up. And so for the end of 2015 through to 2018, I started to get really serious about this practice of Sabbath. I tried to get to the bottom of it. That's what my, my personality type. It's just what I do. I, I dig deep. I read a lot. I get the best books from the, you know, I grabbed Peterson and Brueggemann. I grabbed all these different voices. I started reading as much as I could. I listened to a lot of podcasts, Pete Scazzaro, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, all this stuff. I started trying to absorb this thing of, okay, what is the Sabbath that I'm not doing correctly? I tried to justify my way through my excuses. I tried to, um, you know, I, I had heaps of failings as I tried to do this. I had some big fails. I had some small victories, which I'd celebrate. But essentially for those series, Several years I was trying to get to the bottom of this practice and for some reason I could not crack it I just could not get to the bottom of it ultimately what I found is that there was something in me that I did not know was actually there and it took a couple of years to, to find it and what it was was this I have always valued being a hard worker I've 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 prided myself on being a hard worker. And as a result, I felt guilty whenever I stopped producing something. Whenever I would stop, guilt would come to the surface. Now, I have a bit of a unique position here in the story, and this is where my story might be a little bit different to you guys, but maybe Chris and Jen can relate. I work for a church, and I have done for quite a long time now, which means I work off the back of people's generosity. I work off the back of people giving so that my mortgage is paid, so that my bills are paid, so that there's food on my table. That's part of how my life works. I work in response to people's generosity. And what that means is I have always valued the fact that that's how I'm paid, so therefore I want to make every single cent worth it. I want to show people that I am I'm taking your, your generosity seriously. And as a result... For those four years, 2015 through the end of um, 2018 into 2019, I, I was working hard every day. I was working my butt off. Even when I was part-time, I was working full-time. I was trying to validate every single cent. But under the surface, what that meant is every time I would try to stop, every time I would try and cease my production, underneath it all, I would start to feel guilty. Gab would catch me. My wife, Gab, she would catch me on our days off um, sneaking an email on my phone. Or, or I'd have this awkward conversation with her around lunchtime as I've realized that there's a coffee that we need to have at 2 o'clock on our day off with someone and I hadn't told her yet. And I'm hoping that by leaving at last minute, she'll cave and we can just go and have that coffee with that person. I just couldn't say no. I couldn't turn off. I couldn't stop my work. Now, side note here. Terrible boundaries around your phone and your diary are a sign that what we're about to talk about today is a big thing for you. You need to listen because this is my problem. I could not shut off my diary. I could not turn off my phone. I could not get away from my producing life. 
Now, I'd done all the reading, as I said before. I knew Sabbath was theologically right. I had no problem with that. I was able to see past the kind of legalism argument around this sort of stuff. I knew Sabbath was going to be fruitful for me. Deep down, I knew that. But I just couldn't get it to work for me because I could not stop for it. It wouldn't work for me because I couldn't stop work for it. But in 2019, that all changed. At the start of the year, we invited a friend to come over and to do a couple of events with us. We, As a church, we held a little conference uh, for our city, and we put on this day about spiritual formation and discipleship. And so we invited a friend, his name is John Mark Comer, and he came over and he spent time with us. He spoke at church on Sunday, did a great job. But then the best thing was for the next several days, Monday through to Thursday, we took a small group of leaders and friends away for a retreat just with him. And we framed the retreat as a bunch of church leaders around this idea. As goes the, ch- as goes the leader, goes the church. And maybe for you as you're watching that, because maybe you're not a church leader, maybe you're just a punter today. Well, well, let me put it this way for you. As goes your discipleship, will sorry, as goes you as a disciple, will go you in your discipleship. Same thing. They're, they're not separated. The reality is that as you are as a person is the, is the state of things. And so... We framed this retreat around this idea, and John Mark Comer taught into this with us. And he just said, look, to be the best leader you can be for your church, here's what you need to be. And he said this, the best thing you can give your church is a rested, slower, gentler, and more joyful you. Or, you know, if again, maybe you're not in the context of giving this to your church, but let me just change it this way. The best thing you can give to the people around you, the best thing you can give to your workplace, the best thing you can give to your family, the best thing you can give to your neighbors is a rested, slower, gentler, and more joyful you. And he said, and how do you do that? You must practice Sabbath. And I pulled John Mark aside and I said to him later on, I said, like, totally agree with you, man. Like, hook, line, and sinker. But I can't get this thing to work. I just can't get it to work. I've tried. Maybe it's my personality type. I don't know what's going on. I just can't get into it. I always feel guilty. And he just looked at me with a cup of coffee in hand. I had a cup of coffee. It was like a coffee break moment. And he just said, Dan, like, do you delight in things? I said, yeah, I've got a bunch of things I delight in. He goes, just do what you delight in. Sabbath isn't meant to be a burden. Just do what will bring you delight. And honestly, it was like a key got turned that I didn't know needed turning. What do you mean delight? Like I thought Sabbath was stopping and resting. What do you mean do some things that are delightful? Like that's, we're talking about something different here, surely. And he said, just do what you delight in. And from that moment, for the rest of 2019, I was off. I was honestly off. It cracked this thing open and away we went. My wife and I started to find ways to live that out. So we we carved out this day and we just started doing the things that we delighted in. And we stacked them into the day. And it was like it unlocked this thing for us. It was a burst of healing. It was a miracle in our lives as suddenly a new thing opened up in this practice that I didn't know um, I needed to have. You know, we carved out time and we made this thing work the best that we could. We missed a few. We weren't religious about that. But when we could make this work, which was very often, it was bringing life to our souls. It was bringing life to our marriage, to our parenting. It was just the best thing. We made Friday our Sabbath and it became my most favorite day of the week to look forward to. 
It was time with my boy, time with my wife, time with my dog, where we were aware of each other. We were present to God. We were slowing down and we were delighting in some things. And I'll talk a little bit more about how that looked soon in a moment when I'm, t- when I'm doing the teaching. But just to say, this was suddenly alive to us. And then 2020 happened. 2020 arrived and all of it got wobbly. Because in 2020, this way of having a rhythm just got shut down. And like you guys, we we started life in lockdowns. We started life with restrictions. And we got forced into a whole new thing. And, And also, add to that, we had to lead a community through this. And so the days that used to be my Sabbath now became days of doing this. They became days of being in front of a video camera, trying to keep my boy quiet so I could do a quick sermon and, and get this loaded up for getting it to people to, to get onto a website by Sunday and all this stuff. Like this learning curve was huge and we got disrupted by this event. And the result was I got to the end of that year, last year, 2020, I limped my way in. I limped my way in because this disruption of this practice that I'd had a year earlier. And in 2019, I finished the year and I wrote in our board report, I have a full tank for God, I have a full tank for my family, I have a full tank for this church. In 2020, we limped our way in and everything was depleted. And I look back on that moment and go, part of that is because I lost my ability to Sabbath. Lockdowns are no Sabbath. They're lockdowns. Sabbath is something different. I was exhausted. I was okay, but I was exhausted. And I just wonder, I just wonder if you, like me, and amongst uh, all that has been going on for the last 18 months now, might find that you too have a soul that is tired from ever adapting, ever having to keep working with the restrictions we find ourselves in, ever hoping for this to change. You might have a soul that's tired for the suffering circumstances that you find yourself in at the moment or those around you at the moment. And your soul needs replenishing. Your soul needs to enter into a space in a practice called Sabbath. We need Sabbath. We need it. As our scriptures say today, this was made for us. So what is Sabbath? Well, allow me to change gear quickly now and and just to teach a couple of things into this for this last little part of the teaching today, the talk today. Sabbath is a word about time. It's about time. And it's especially denoting what we do with time. Time is a really important currency in our lives, isn't it? Time is something we spend every single day. We only have the present for a fleeting moment and then it's gone. It's history. We're forever working in this moment of time. A lot of us don't like wasting it. But here's the rub. To Sabbath, to actually engage in Sabbath, we need to spend time. And we need to, we need to waste it actually a little bit as well. We need to take what is usually something of a commodity in our life that we want to be productive with, that we do not want to waste, and we need to turn it into something else. We need to waste it a little bit. And we need to try and find a new way of measuring whether it was productive or not. And so what I want to just throw to you now is that there's four things that is Sabbath. There's four facets to it. And those four facets are how we spend our time. We spend our time doing four things. Number one, 
It's time spent stopping. Number two, it's time spent resting. Number three, it's time spent delighting. And four, it's time spent in worship. And it's actually all four of those things. It's not just one or two. I think biblical Sabbath is actually all four of those things held together. Like four threads, like four facets, making this thing a whole. We need all four things. We spend some time, whether it's a morning, whether it's a day, whether it's 24 hours. It doesn't really matter. Just just however you can start to manage this into your life and practice this the way you can practice it. It's four things that we spend our time doing. Just again, it is time spent stopping, time spent resting, time spent delighting, and time spent worshipping. So what are all those things? Well, let's just start with the first one. It's time spent stopping. You know, our lives are so busy. They are so crammed. They're so scheduled that a, that a change like observing the Sabbath, like putting that into our schedule, could be a huge disruption. And you know what? I think that's actually the point. I think disruption is the point. It's actually, it's actually a, um, a resistance to that story. You know, if you open up magazines or if you scroll through your Instagram, you are going to find image after image of people on beaches relaxing or, or sitting in like their gowns on nice beds in hotel rooms having a nice breakfast. Like, like um, marketers, advertisers are trying to sell us this idea of rest and stopping. They're trying to put it in front of us as something that we now need to purchase to have. But what if, what if like Genesis 1 and 2 where God worked and then God stopped? What if we too could be the people that just have a rhythm of creating this stoppage into our week? What if we could spend some time stopped? Walter Brueggemann in his book, Sabbath as Resistance, he says, Sabbath is work stoppage. It is a refusal to be identified by productivity. Sabbath is saying no to the culture of now. You know, often in the gospel accounts, it says that Jesus got away, that he left the crowds. He would get alone for prayer, He would have meals and dinners with friends. His ministry was a complete raging success on one front. And yet he would himself stop, put the anchors on, pull up the brakes, cease. Now in our church, for the summer, from Christmas through to New Year and into a bit of January, it's summer here in New Zealand like it is for you guys. So we actually practice this as a community. We pull up the brake and we stop for four weeks. We stop everything. We grind everything to a halt. We disappear and we get people to go have a break. And it's our way of practicing this as a community. We literally say, hey, stop. Go and, go and have a holiday. And the stoppage creates really interesting responses for some people. Some people will go and find another church for those four weeks to go to because they just can't not come to a church. Some people are like, I'm out of here. This is the best thing. And then they don't come back for like another four weeks and we don't see them until February. Like it creates all sorts of different responses for people. But yet we are trying to practice this thing together. Stop. It is good to stop. Like Jesus stopped. We too must get away and stop. In my personal life, as I said, I take Friday. Friday is my day with my wife and my, my, my little boy Jimmy. We pull up, the, the, um, pull up the brakes and we stop on a Friday. The phone gets put away, emails get put away, work gets put away. Everything stops and we have this day of stopping. To Sabbath is to stop. But that's the first part. If you just stopped, 
You're not actually Sabbathing yet. There's a couple more things. Next thing, Sabbath is to rest. You know, in Exodus 33, it says that God said to his people that as they go with him, he will give them rest. Uh, Jesus said in Matthew 11, come to me and I will give you rest. Now, rest is different to stopping. Um, Stopping is the action of inactivity. It is to actually embody that. But resting, resting is to receive replenishment. Many of us stop without resting. We stop and we binge. We numb. We put on Netflix. We watch another couple of episodes. Pick up our phones and we scroll. Any downtime that we have where we've stopped, we might be waiting for a bit of public transport or something, and there's this little window of stopping, and we just fill it with something else. Or, you know, we go on holidays maybe, and we get a couple of days in of stopping, and we get that like holiday itch where you're like, your body is sort of like starting to get grumpy, and you're starting to have short, it's like, I just want to be producing something again. I can't even stop. I don't know about you, but I track my, my holiday when, I, when we go away as a family. And I know by day two and three, I'm going to be a little bit grumpy because the productivity thing in me is starting to dial up at that point again. And I need to try and tell it to stop. My body literally starts to react. I get grumpy and short-fused. Why? Because, because my body is not used to stopping and resting and being replenished and receiving something in this long-term way. And so there's this whole thing here of making sure that we engage not just in stopping, but in receiving God's replenishment for us, his rest for us. Now, a little side note here. You know, some people, when they start to engage in this idea of Sabbath, um, they swing the pendulum really far into this side. Um, I've got friends who are pastoring and they've given books of Sabbath to people in their church and they start, they sort of read the book and they come back to them later on and say, like, thank you so much for that book. I love this. This idea of Sabbath is great. This idea of rest is great. Yeah, rest is awesome. And so what they do is they then say, um, and so as a result, I'm going to pull out of all the things that I'm doing in the church because I need to rest more. And what that is, is it's this like wrong balance here because we've pushed the pendulum over to resting and thinking that's the place we're meant to live. But actually, no, the case of this series is really beautiful. The series is trying to get you to see this beautiful truth. John 15 is the paradigm for our lives as disciples with Jesus. We abide with him that we may then go and bear fruit. We, we breathe in that we may breathe out, just like we eat that we may then go use the energy, just like we sleep that we may then go and have a day of work. We, we have to rest and abide that we may then go and work and bear fruit and do, do good work and good deeds into the world. And so we have to get this rhythm of these things organized. To rest doesn't mean we just camp out only there. It actually is a rest so that we can then work from that place. We were designed to work from rest, not just rest from our work. And so I want to encourage us to embrace that today. John 15 is the goal here. We rest to abide, to be with Jesus, that we then may go work to be good fruits into his world. Then third, the third thing that you're going to find yourself doing if you've stopped and you're resting, resting on your Sabbath, the third thing is you need to delight. You need to practice some things that bring delight. You know, in Mark 2, Jesus is having this confrontation on the Sabbath with the Pharisees, and he ends the conversation by saying that really profound line where he says, the Sabbath was not made for man, not man. Sorry, the Sabbath was, was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. That's a really 
profound thought just to make sure that we don't get this round the wrong way. It's not a legalistic thing here. It's not a rule to be heaped on our shoulders. No, this is actually a space to enter. Sabbath is not legalism. It is actually to enter a space of freedom and it's to be able to embody that and live that. And so set aside um, so God has set aside the space for us to be reprogrammed and to be able to enjoy and delight and to be able to practice joy together in this way. It's to remind us we're not slaves. We're not machines. We're not what we make. We're not the new Egypt still living on, this Babylonian in Egypt story of being slaves. It's not that. We are people of freedom. And Sabbath is to invite us into the reprogramming of that. Um, we are to be people who are lovers so let's do what lovers do. They delight. They delight. You know, as John Mark come up to me that day, do what you delight in. And it just unlocked this like guilt trip legalistic thing in me that I couldn't get to the bottom of. And so in the church practices and the church disciplines, there's actually a discipline called celebration. And in that discipline, what we're doing as Christians is we're actually choosing to be grateful and to practice joy. The discipline of celebration is to practice Christian gratitude. And that is what the Sabbath is for. We're actually meant to stack up and pleasure stack these things that will bring joy and gratitude into our life. And so for me, what that looks like is on our Friday, we take a slow walk as a family. A slow walk. Not a walk where we have to get back and get showered and then get to work. No, no, no. We get rid of all of those sort of timekeeping things. We slow our walk right down. We ask each other, my wife and I ask each other a question, what were you grateful for this week? Like we talk about it. We actually, we actually take stock on what we're grateful for. Um, we read a bit. We, we um, have a great couple of coffees during the day. We, we cook a superb meal in the evening. We might invite friends over and, and not talk about work. Like literally the agenda of the night is don't talk about what we did just let's be friends together and enjoy this meal we make sure that we enjoy the day the the, the sabbath isn't meant to be a guilt trip it's meant to be this moment of delight as eugene peterson puts it sabbath is a day to play and a day to pray which brings me nicely to the last point if all we did was pleasure stack and do what we delighted in again the pendulum's getting swung in the wrong direction that would be incredibly self-indulgent. And that's actually not what Sabbath is. It is a day to delight, yes. But also it is this day of prayer and worship and of glorifying God. It's not a self-indulgent day. It's a day to immerse ourselves in the reality of God. Because that's true worship after all, isn't it? It's the Romans 12 stuff. A life lived for the glory of God in all ways. You know, the Westminster Catechism says that the chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. That's the telos. That's the end goal of some of the stuff that we're doing here. And so on this day, this day of Sabbath, we spend our time resting and delighting. And we spend it glorifying God. We spend it in prayer. We spend it in worship. And so we practice a couple of things on that day too that are good for that. You know, we get up, we open our Bibles, we read a big chunk of scripture. Or we grab a guitar at some point along the day and we sit in our favorite chair in our favorite point of the house and we just strum a couple of simple worship songs and sing our way into his presence. Or we light a candle at the end of the day and we say a simple prayer that we have written down for the day of Sabbath of resting and enjoying God. Or we read our favorite books by our favorite theologians for a while and take a big drink 
of good stuff. Like, like whatever you need to do in your pathway to be able to connect with God and worship Him and glorify Him, then you do it. Take a big walk and look at creation properly. Not on autopilot, but actually stopping and observing what's around you as the Creator has put this here as a signpost to Him. Like do those things that bring life to your soul as a glorifying and worshipful being. And so just to remind you, it's not about being self-indulgent. It's also about this thing of praying and worshiping and glorifying God. And so all of those four things, time spent stopping, time spent resting, time spent delighting, and time spent worshiping, all four of those things come together to make this thing of the Christian practice of Sabbath. It's a blend of all four. It takes all four of those things to make the whole. And so Sabbath as delight, that third one, that was the one that revolutionized this for me. I desperately needed that. I I was trying to stop. I was trying to rest. I was trying to worship. I could do all those things. But it was the delight that suddenly unlocked the whole thing for me. So, So what's missing for you? Which one is the missing one? Maybe two of them are missing. Maybe you've been trying to practice Sabbath by just stopping. And it's been frustrating. And you need to incorporate the other three into your day. You need to bring them into the practice of this moment. And so what forms of, uh, of those, sorry, what facets there do you need to incorporate? Which ones are missing? I just ask you that question as a bit of a, do a little bit of a self-check. Which one do you need to pull in? Which one do you need to practice? You know, you've been forced to stop again. You know, you're in another lockdown. And again, my heart goes out to you in that moment. I'm, I'm not distant from that reality. We, we know that reality well ourselves. But stopping in a lockdown is not to take a Sabbath. You need to find a new way of practicing Sabbath even within that. And if I could travel back in time to myself in 2020 and I could tell Dan one thing about his life for the year, I'd say, you need to rethink how you do Sabbath in this window here. It's not going to be the same. You need to recapture a new way of doing it. I wish I did. But, but I want to offer that to you today pastorally and say, you too need to think about how to do that in this new space. And to use my story again from the start, just to recapture that idea, you know, Metaphorically, how are you bringing an Xbox to the caravan? How are you bringing things to a space that God has made for you of rest that shouldn't be there? Things that are actually getting in the way. And maybe you're resonating a little bit with like what I said, and it's like, I, I keep bringing guilt. I just can't stop. I'm a workaholic, and I can't turn the thing off. I've got to be productive. You need to bring that to the Lord. And man, the Lord will heal you of that. Because the Lord does not want you to see yourself as a machine. The Lord wants to liberate you from that. His Spirit wants to cultivate a new spirit in you of love, joy, peace, patience, of kindness, goodness, faithfulness, of gentleness, and of self-control. Productivity, hard work, all those things, they're good things, but they're not necessarily the marks of the Spirit within us. And so, Northridge, I bless you. And I'm signing off now, but I bless you today from here over in Aotearoa. I bless you to be people of Sabbath. Together, may you all go to the one, the one who says, Come to me, all who are heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. May you come to Jesus. May you make an intentional space a space in your calendar, a space of time in your week where you can come. And may you experience in that space, that Sabbath, His life-giving presence for you. 
May you experience the weight of burdens being lifted off your shoulders. And may you enjoy rest with God. May you delight in Him and the good things in your life. And may you celebrate Him in prayer and in worship. May you glorify Him, the one who is the giver of this rest to begin with. So may you, Northridge Evening Gathering, may you delight in Sabbath. God bless you.